This week, the obvious question is, can you give bad feedback to a total stranger? I'm Mike Trevisano, and each week, one of the hosts, Joe Bertalek, Bob Meyer, and myself, asks a question that may seem to have an obvious answer, but once we get into it, there's much more to it. And we invite you to help us find answers through comments on our site, obviousquestion.wordpress.com, or on our Facebook page for The Obvious Question. And hey, if you're digging the show, please share it or give us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to it. So, if you noticed something bad or offensive about a stranger, could you tell them about it in an effective way, in a way that would be would be helpful? There are loads of books about giving feedback to people who we're close to, whether they're family members, friends, coworkers. But what about people we don't know? Is there any way to do this without sounding like a total jerk? So the the other day in the hotel during breakfast. I, I was sitting there having a cup of coffee or something like that, sitting by myself. And a a woman came down and was seated at the table right next to mine. And she had, uh, you know, it's the morning. Everybody just, you know, you, you come down to breakfast right after getting ready for the day. But her hairspray was so overpowering that I, I, I was like choking on it. I was like, oh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And I'm usually not like sensitive to stuff like that at all. I don't don't even notice. <clears throat> but man, I almost had to like get up and, you know, go to another table. I don't know why I didn't. I, and so the question I have for you is, is there ever a time where you can, or not is there ever a time, but can you tell a stranger effectively, you know, that something they're doing is offensive? You know, can you do that? Can, can you say to somebody, look, you know, you know, I, I, in some, <clears throat> excuse me, effective, nice way, you, you got way too much hairspray on, you know, and you're, and you're killing, you're killing me, you know, you're killing everybody around, but definitely you're killing me. You know, can, can you ever do that? Is, is that even possible? Ooh. Yeah. That's a tough one, right, Bob? It's like, it is, it is thinking, a tough I'm, one. I, I yeah. think of the, um, because I have a hard enough time, this happens a lot at work, where the person with too much perfume, and they are on the elevator with you, right? And then they get off on another floor, and you're still in there, and that smell's still in there, and then a whole bunch of other people get on, and I'm thinking, they think it's me. Like, I'm the guy <laughs> with this fragrant, florally bouquet of flowers all over me, and I'm like, but it just lingers there. But I don't know. I, I you know. Yeah. Let me expand the question a little bit. And here, here's what, what made me want to bring it to, to the show and ask it. If it was me, it would be painful as hell for someone to tell me that I have something about me that's offensive. Oh, oh my gosh. I hope that they would at breakfast at the hotel before I go to work and really embarrass myself in front of a whole bunch of people and maybe never even know it and cause some damage, like lose, lose face or reputation among coworkers. Who knows whatever that thing is. I wouldn't want to go through that embarrassing. I'd probably be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, screw you or whatever. They, but I probably in the long run would be in the wrong yeah. in the long run would be happy that they did it. I think it goes to relationship. You know, I, I think there's a little bit of competency in there. And how do you give someone that type of feedback and doing it in a non harming way? The What I relate back to is, let's say if I was that person, my the person that I would trust that could tell me that that wouldn't hurt my feelings would be my wife, you know, and, and I can't think of a specific example, but she could do that. She, oh, you can't 
you can't wear that shirt with those pants or you, you know, you put on too much cologne or don't do that, do this, or your hair doesn't look right here. Let me fix it for you. She has the competency to do that because I think this person you're talking about with the hairspray, just as an example, they probably have done that every day of their life for maybe the last mm-hmm. 10 years. So think about it from that perspective, you coming out of the blue and saying, you're, you're choking me, lady. Like, I can't yeah. breathe here. You need yeah. to get control of your life, and I think you need a tad bit less of the hairspray. That could, you know, crush her because she's gone on for 10 years and nobody said anything. I've been the guy yeah. walking around with my fly open for the last 10 years until somebody said, Bob, your fly's <laughs> open. Like, that's an easy one. You know, people at work, like, you know, like people that I work with that are close to me because they, ah, eh, dude, <laughs> you know, it's open, you know, close it up, you know, and no no issue, no harm, no foul. It, it's coming from a stranger sometimes that it, it really could hurt. Yeah. And I think, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about this kind of a, of an interaction, you know, conversation at a competency level. So let me, let me, uh, let me say this frame Mike's problem a little, you know, the way he has it, but it's a stranger. So it's not, it's not your wife, Bob. It's not somebody that you could have the conversation with. It's somebody you don't know that you have an opinion about. Uh, I guess a fact would be like, yeah, your fly is open. But in this case, Mike has an opinion that that it's too much hairspray for him. Maybe it's not. Maybe he is more sensitive than most people. Maybe he's not. But he has. It's his opinion. Her opinion could be that she has just the right amount that she's you know is doing is doing well with it. So it's kind of like he's about to step into her her opinion and say what you're saying is not true because there is no fact about that, right? We'd have to measure the amount of you know hairspray and say that's too much or too little according to some standard, whatever. But what would it look like if, if and I, I'm not going to do this well, but I'm going to try it, is, is if Mike were to say, um, you know, kind of lean over and say, I, I have something I'd like to share with you, but I'm a little nervous about about bringing it up. In other words, get permission somehow to, to do the next thing and maybe even say something like, you know, it, it's none of my business, you know, either way, but I think there's something that I might be able to tell you that would be helpful. Would you want to know? And, you know, again, based on that answer, you go from there. But it's kind of like when you just step in and say something, you don't really have the authority to do that. Nobody has asked. I don't ask people to, to, you know, as I go out in the world to say, hey, if anybody sees anything wrong, let me know. You know, I don't put out that big banner that says, hey, I want to know. Got anything wrong with me today? You know, flies open, mustard on my face, hair wrong. You know, come tell me. I don't I don't do that. And I don't think many people do. So I don't expect it. But I absolutely appreciate when someone comes up and says, hey, you know, your fly's open or your your shirt's not tucked in in the back or your collar's up. Have you ever seen like a jacket where the collar's up in the back? You don't know what you look like, you know, like a G-man or something like that, you know, walking around with the collar up. But someone says, hey, your collar's up. And usually it's someone that you know, someone you care about. But what about a stranger? And what about a situation like this woman where she may not know? I remember oh. my mom, I remember when she got older, she she couldn't uh, she couldn't figure out the right amount of perfume because she couldn't smell it anymore. And I remember saying to her one day, you know, you wear an awful lot of cologne. I don't know if that's been on purpose, whatever. Now, again, it's my mom, so I can say it to her fairly easily. And she goes, I had no idea. You know, I, I didn't know what it even smelled like because I'm losing, you know, my sense of smell. And she's very appreciative for it. But I think that's the starting point is you would enter into it with a permission. You know, can I can I offer something? And if the person says <laughs> no, then you stop You mm. know, at that point. Go to another table or something. But th- then what happens next is really important because most people, I think, are going to say yes. And then, again, the level of competency you have, how you deliver that message is going to be very important. Joe, you, you're, that's great. Uh, and you reminded me very much of, of 
something you taught to us when when I first met you. For our listeners, I, I met Joe when he was uh, I was working at at IBM. Bob was working uh, at the company he works at still today, uh, where I work. And and Joe was hired to to help the the three organizations or the two the two organizations come together. Joe is the third organization, uh, and and you know with some effective communications training and leadership training things like that. Um, and and one of the lessons you taught that really had an impact on, on me at the time was you were talking about if you have some important feedback to give someone that you wouldn't ordinarily want to be or you would be afraid to give feedback to like a manager who was who was tough right or 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 a message that was really tough to deliver to somebody that if you can't have that conversation or whatever that if you can't deliver that message then take a step back and del- and have the conversation that you can have you know, if you can't say to a manager, boy, you're a terrible manager, right? You can't do, you wouldn't do that well. Maybe you can step back and have the conversation that says, you know, I, I have some feedback I'd like to, I'd like to give you would be, would you be open to having it? Something like that. And I, I've used that many, many times. It's funny though. It presents itself something differently. A woman with, with, you know, hairspray and I forget the message. Well, that, that lesson's about managers. You know, that's not about women with hairspray problems, you know? Right. Yeah. And then going back to the collar thing, there, there's people, and I know some people like this, that, that will just belt it out and just come right out, you know, because we're all, let's just say intellectual. And we think about the process of doing this and backing up and do I have permission for feedback? But then there's other people that are just going to do it. Like, just say, blurt it out, I think you got too much hairspray on. Or, you know, because I've had this where my collar's like freaked out and I'm in the elevator. There, There's a person, a, a woman or a guy that would just go, doesn't even know me, will just grab me and say, hey, let me let me fix your collar here. It's it's kind of messed up. And I'm like, whoa, where, where did that person come from? They didn't ask permission to give me feedback. They didn't give, ask permission to touch me. You know, but there are people like that that just go out and do it and they, but but I think they do it in a in a helpful way. Like they're not trying to hurt me, and that's what makes it okay. So I think there's a balance for me, at least. There's the asking permission because I think even there, even if it's a stranger and says, "Hey, if I had some feedback to give you, would would you be open to it?" I, I venture to say that nobody's going to say no because it makes you look small. Like, well, no, I, I don't want feedback because you're always going. Have you ever said to somebody, I "Have some feedback to give you"? Um, are you open to having that conversation? Uh, and then they say yes, and I say, okay, well, I'll be back next week. No, <laughs> they want that feedback instantaneously. You're not going to do that to me. I'm not going to wait next mm. to end of the next episode. Hey, listeners, I've got feedback to you. Tune in next week when Bob gives feedback to the listeners. They're they're not going to wait that long. Yeah. You know, I, and, and, go ahead, Joe. Go I was ahead. saying the risk, of course, Bob, is that a person's about to do something really important in their life, and you say, hey, before you step out on the stage, I got something I need to tell you. It's like, whoops, <laughs> that's probably the wrong time to bring up the, the question of you want to help them with some some feedback. So I think it's it's also on the person giving the feedback to be aware, like with that woman, say she has no choice but to go from that breakfast to the meeting she's about to have. I mean, to burden her with that, if like I said, she's been doing it maybe for years anyway, to burden her at that moment, what do I do? How do I cover it? Do I go wash my face? How do I get the smell off? You know, I think it's probably an unfair thing to do at that moment. So I think there is some value in saying, I have information I'd like to share with you, but this isn't the proper time, given that that person can then function for the next period of time, whatever it is, until you have a chance to get with them and talk with them. And you can even preface it by saying, it's not really that critical. It's not that important. Just some stuff I'd want to catch up on. We have a minute. And I know that that would drive me nuts too. I would, I'd want to know, but if I'm right about to do something or step into something, I might have to, you know, kind of go, okay, then 
right after the meeting, you know, we'll, we'll take care of this, whatever. And I, I want to know at that point. And probably my Brian will be on the thought of what's going on. What what, mm. what is he going to tell me here at the end of the meeting? What am I doing wrong? You know, that kind of this, thing. This is cool, though, because it ties back to other things we've talked about on other podcasts. Like even this woman smelling, you know, Mike says, you know, her hairspray is too much for him. But what if he gave her that feedback and she turned around and said, well, I, I think you're your your nasal patches seem much larger than anyone else's. I, I you have a, a bulbous nose, and you know I can I, I tell by looking at that huge nose. Yeah, that you smell more <laughs> than anybody else. And then and then she turns around, and this is likely going to happen anyway. If she says, "Hey, this guy right here thinks I have too much hairspray on. Does anybody else here at breakfast think <laughs> I have too much hairspray on?" And I guarantee you, they'll all lie to her and say, "No, no, you're fine, you're fine." And then you look like the idiot because you know. But it, it gets into the what is it? What's a fact? Like you know, is it too much hairspray for you? You know, because there's also, um, I mean, one one thing that I know other people bring up is like the scent of another person, right? Whether they're wearing hairspray or anything else, somebody might say, "Well, that person has an odor to them, and I I don't like to be around them." You know, um, mm-hmm. I remember this gets into the bullying and teasing thing, but I remember growing up in school, we had this kid. His last name was Navardo. And in third grade, I remember all the other kids teased him and called him Smellinardo because, you know, his clothes were kind of dirty and, and he had like an mm. odor to him. And I, I don't know personally if it was because he didn't bathe, but the kids made fun of him. And, and <laughs> Mike's kind of like laughing at my story. Now, the scary part is I, I know this guy or kid much later in life. And it doesn't seem to have phased him, and he smells refreshingly good now. So I don't know what the issue was back then, but you know, nobody, no kid had the competency to say, "Hey, Navardo, man, I, maybe you need to take." And I don't know. It maybe it's a boy thing too, because my boys do the same thing. Where you know, if I don't get on them, like now that they're older, they take showers. But when they were younger, they'd be like, "Oh, you know, three days later, I'll I'll take a shower." And yeah, they probably stink. <laughs> You know, it's funny is it, it you bring up a, a really good thing. I think kids do, you know, they're like they'll baldly just come up to someone and give them feedback. I mean, like especially like young kids, you know, how come you're so, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, fill in the blank, you know, the thing you don't want some a kid to say to you, you know. Yeah. But it but we teach them that you don't don't say that. To, you don't say that to a grown up. You don't say that to people. And it's funny, it funnels them into a different way of communicating, which we've become super good at, which is passive aggressiveness. Like I can imagine very easily getting out of my problem with the hairspray by calling the waitress over and saying in a loud voice, could you please move me to a different table? I, the smell of that woman's hairspray, you know, yeah. whatever, right? And now I, I get to fix my problem and give her that feedback and never have to confront her. And I could totally picture that happening. I I know uh, driving, right? People tailgate. That's like the passive aggressive. You're going too slow. Mm-hmm. And the thought of like flashing your headlights at them, which is the signal that hey, I want to, you know, could you please move yeah. over? Or, you know, seems too too uh, rude, right? So instead, we just want to ride up right on mm-hmm. their tail, right? If what would what it would look like? What would it look like if if Better communications could be taught to kids instead yeah. of this passive aggressive thing. Do you think there's yeah. any possibility you could go back there and we can get this woman on the show? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I could try. That would be fun. You know, Maybe she's listening right I, now. <laughs> so. I just got to go to the hotel and just kind of 
I, I know she's around here. Follow your nose. Your your nose always knows. <laughs> Toucan Sam. <laughs> it's funny when I listen to this. I think there's two comp. There's two things, two factors playing in here. One of them is competency on the part of the person delivering the message. You know how competent, how how clearly, how carefully, how meaningful, how caring can you deliver a message to a person that would be effective? And maybe it's the question. You know, can I can I talk to you about this? And the, but the second one is the fear. And I, I heard it as you guys were talking. I have it myself is the fear of the reaction to what I do. If my level of competency isn't at the ultimate level, I might screw up. And the person, as you said, Bob, might say, well, look at the size of the nose and nostrils. You're taking in too much air. You know, where does that come from? I mean, it's like I don't think that would ever really happen. But I think deep in my mind, there is this fear that by me revealing something to the person, they're going to come back and do something I don't want. The, the reaction is going to be something I didn't want to have happen. So rather than take that first step and do it as effectively as I can and then count on my effectiveness continuing, I back up and say, but what if? You know, and, and I get in that jam where I don't know how to say it. Kids don't have that fear. They naturally overcome it because they don't know any better. They'll just say, you know, like you said, Mike, can I, you know, I just want to tell you this is true or this this is the, what I see or whatever. But we've taught them to fear that next piece. You know, it's it's not proper to do and you could get a bad reaction. That person could punch you or that person could, you know, yell back at you or create a scene or not be your friend anymore. And I think, you know, I go back to the, one of the concepts we talked a while ago about is so much of what we do, so much of our life is driven by fear that I think there's just one more level of fear in our lives is what will happen if I say to this woman that you have to, you know, not that you have, but that I, my sense is that there's too much uh, perfume, you know, the smell is really powerful for me and I'm, I'm almost like choking a little bit on it so just want to let you know and, and do now i say that and i think well if i ever said that to somebody what would they how would they react the fear will stop me from doing it and and then i'll create in my mind this scenario where she's yelling at me leaning over the table screaming that you know my nose is too big <laughs> some crazy <laughs> thing like that some scenario that makes no sense and then i walk away and say got by that one you know, it's like i hopefully i don't encounter that again of course you encounter it later in the day not that same scenario but something very similar you know, I have this stark image of what, you know, I just see Mike at this breakfast counter with this woman with this beehive kind of hair and, you know, he's eating his eggs. And then, you know, if you did say, you know, what if she didn't wear all that hairspray and then poof, you know, her hair is like in your plate because it's it's all over the place. You know, that's what's keeping things together, Mike. She needs <laughs> that much hairspray. Maybe it's just a product offering. She's a product offering away. She needs a hairspray that doesn't smell like Aquanet, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess for, for myself, in closing to, to this one, we're at that time. I think it's cool, you know, listening to Joe. I, I appreciate that you remind me. There is a way to, to have talked to her if I, if, if I want to solve the problem for myself and if I care about her, right? And if I, if I authentically care about her and want to deliver the message to help her and not to just solve my problem, there, you know, I can do it. You know, like there's there's a path to do it. You know, I think a mistake for myself would be to to say, oh, well, there's there's a way to do it. And it's these words because those words, you know, may or may not work, you know, this. But I think if I if I care, if I care about her and I really want to solve this problem for myself, then there's a way to do it. 
And and closing to Mike, I have a thought as you said that I was just thinking about. So you're sitting there. This happens to you. You know, this woman comes over and sits there. And to a person where the world is happening to them all the time, you know, the person whining, they would say, "I can't believe it." You know, I went to breakfast. I was having a perfectly nice breakfast, and this woman comes over and sits down next to me. Her hair smells. I can't eat. I'm choking. Versus the person that says, "You know, I chose to have breakfast, and people come down there and eat." And this woman came and sat, and she, you know, her hair hairspray was a little bit overwhelming. So I had a conversation with her. Those are two very different takes on on the very same situation, very same scenario. And one of them has the person involved who the world happens to them, everything is happening to them versus the person who makes things happen. And I think if you can you know, shift a little bit, it, you know, I say you, if we can shift a little bit and think more about how do we make the world happen the way we want it to, we'll step into those things a little bit more quickly. Wow, I can never make a closing argument as good as Joe. I know. You know, it's going to be it's going to be flat. So, but the I only thing I think that. is, when Joe started talking, I thought, oh no, yeah, that's another. Go yeah, that's another. You, you know, credits rolling kind of comment. So maybe Michael in editing can reverse mine to go before Joe's. But <laughs> but but anyway, I think you said it. You both said it eloquently that you know it really depends on the relationship with the person or or how do you get into that conversation. You know, for me sometimes it's the opposite. Maybe instead of being offended by her, you know or hairspray or, or, you know, perfume and making it about me, maybe you open the dialogue and say, you know, I, I, I can smell that you have a lot of hairspray on or, you, you know, I, and I've done that before. Like, what, what are you wearing? You know, because Christy deals a lot with perfumes and scents and things like that. So I'm around them a lot. So when, when somebody does have, you know, a, a fragrance on, I'll be like, hmm, you know, what, what is that? What, what are you wearing today? And, and they'll tell you. And then, and then you have more of a relationship with that person. But... You know, I always look at what what's at risk, you know, like that's a complete stranger. But I do believe there's an effective way, like Joe said, to give feedback to the people that you love, the people that you care about.